Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turltow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Salt Lake City is C.J. Wolf. C.J. is on the faculty at BYU-Idaho and is one of the two instructors for our Creating Effective Compliance Training Workshop. And today, not surprisingly, we're going to be talking about compliance training. First, C.J., thank you for taking time away from your teaching duties to talk to us. Thanks, Adam. It's great to be with you. I, I love this conference. I, I love what uh, SCCE and HCCA do. And so I, I'm passionate about it. So I appreciate the chance to talk about it. Oh, it's our pleasure. And thanks for you know all the work you've done with these workshops over the last uh, what, two years and however many times we've done them. Um, and what I want to talk today with you about is adult learning theory. Um, it's a term that we hear a lot. Um, but I'm not so sure everyone understands it fully. Can you give an overview of really what adult learning theory is? Yeah, you know, Adam, it's a great question. Um, I didn't know a lot about it, um, it, and it wasn't until I was taking a master's degree in education where we actually studied it. It's a science uh, in educational psychology. It's how adults learn, and it's different from how children learn. A lot of us may have heard of the term pedagogy, where we, we think of, oh, this is how you design a course for children. And pedagogy is even used even in adult in adult circles uh, just because it's become so synonymous with how to design curriculum. But really, adult learning theory is known as andragogy. And andragogy is the study of how adults learn. And that's a really important principle in compliance training because we're trying to help adults understand principles. And um, Malcolm Knowles was one of the early individuals, he was an American educator, and he coined this term and really studied it in a scientific way. And so in the workshops, we focus on, on this and try to help others understand the principles of adult learning so they can infuse it into the compliance training that they'll be developing. And, you know, it's important to recognize that adults don't learn the exact same way that children do. So, and what does it tell us specifically, though, when it comes to compliance training? Yeah, it's a really, it, that's a great question. What, so I'll just kind of share one of the examples. So one of the examples of andragogy or adult learning theory is that adults learn by mistakes. And, you know, in the compliance world, we don't want them to learn the hard way by mistakes, right? We want them to learn those mistakes in a safe environment. So let's say you were training somebody on uh, anti-corruption, you know, or bribery, and you wanted to help them understand you, one, some of the principles of adult learning say, well, let's not read them the law. Let's ask them scenario-based questions and let's let them choose. And if they choose incorrectly, that's okay because we're in a training situation. And it's actually okay because adult learning theory tells when people make mistakes and then learn the correct answer, they that learning uh, remains with them much longer. And you want them to do that. You want them to make those mistakes in, in safe training so that they don't make it in real life when they're cutting the deals and when they're out there uh, working with, with other people in, in uh, you know, kind of a environment where anti-corruption can begin. So that's one of the examples. I think it's a really great example because there is a tendency to assume we want to teach them X is right, but it shows the value of teaching them also that Y is wrong and let them exactly. realize that. So with that in mind, when evaluating training, what questions should compliance officers be asking themselves or at asking the training? Yeah, so 
you should be asking yourself, you should, first of all, be tracking it, right? So um, it's, I think a lot of us know in compliance 1.0, I think, you know, years ago, decades ago, we, we kind of just threw out slides or information and had them, we checked a box saying that oh, we did our training this year. Really what's expected, and, and this is brought up in the DOJ's uh, effectiveness of uh, compliance programs document, it talks about evaluating the effectiveness of that training by looking at what are people understanding and what are they not understanding. So that implies, and again, we talk a little bit about this in the in the workshop about how do you assess the training that you've given? Um, you know, what metrics are you using? Are you doing a pre-quiz and a post-quiz? Are you, you know, that's kind of uh, assessing at the time of the training. But what about assessing later? You know, in compliance training, we're trying to change behaviors and you want that that change to stick for months. And so do you assess three months later? Do you assess six months later? And those are the types of things that I think uh, are the implications for this topic in compliance training, because you want that behavior change to stay. So if you're designing great training from scratch, what makes for success from an adult learning perspective? Yeah. Um, so this is a, a good question that my, my co-presenter, Kirsten, does a wonderful job uh, at talking about. She outlines planning. How do you plan the training? It, it's just like how you would plan, not just like, but it's the concept of planning, like you might plan a work plan for your compliance program or an audit plan. You need to plan your training. Do you have a training plan set up for the year? And if so, you, you know, you've identified based off of risks what you need to train on uh, and you, you outline who is going to be involved in the training, who are the stakeholders. You might even need to talk about who is going to take the training and do a little testing. It's, it's not as simple as just sitting at your desk behind a closed door saying, oh, here's the training. It's, it's looking at what the needs are, who the players are getting their input and getting their buy-in. We talk about buy-in and how to get buy-in into training. And then um, rolling it out in an organized manner that also allows you to assess the training before you launch it. So those are some of the things to think about when you're starting from scratch. So we've talked about the good things to do. Are there any easy pitfalls that people fall into all the time that should be avoided? I think there are. Um, I think there definitely are. Some of those things include drinking from the fire hose. <laughs> so in compliance, we say, okay, they're starting on day one. We just hired an employee. Let's give them everything on day one. And, and there are things we have to give them on day one. But some of the things that I see happen is everyone tries to give them everything on day one. And they're getting that from all the other departments and all the other things in the organization when they're starting their 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 first day or week. So avoiding drinking from the fire hose, if you will, is one, spacing that training out. Another pitfall that um, we sometimes see is giving everyone the same training. And again, the DOJ, I mentioned their guidance document, they talk about the importance of, of making training unique to certain higher risk individuals in the organization. So there may be individuals who um, let's say you have somebody who does uh, janitorial services in your office. Uh, they might need general training on the code of conduct, but they might not need training on anti-bribery because they're likely not to be interfacing with people who do. But can you identify the people in the organization 
who are those higher risk employees, meaning their job types uh, put them in contact with uh, areas and people where uh, non-compliance could occur. And so that's another misstep we sometimes see is people trying to do one training fits all. And really in compliance 2.0, we're saying, no, no, you, you got to really focus in on these unique roles and job duties. Well, and to me, that gets back to the idea that it, it always has to be relevant for the person. You know, that if you're training them on things that really are not going to come up in their life or that they can't see are going to come up, um, you're really not just wasting your time and theirs, but you're, you're creating resistance. And I would imagine for the long term, you're creating problems in how they perceive the compliance program. You're absolutely right, Adam. And you must be a student of adult learning theory because you just hit on another <laughs> one of the principles. <laughs> so um, there are four key principles we talk about uh, in the workshop for adult learning theory is one of the sections. And what you just said is one, relevance. So relevance to their particular job. So let's say we're talking about privacy. Even though there might be a you know an international law or a, a domestic law on privacy, how is it different for me in my role of you know receptionist or whatever it is versus you know sales um, or or whatever you're doing and so even taking that you hit it right in the head relevance to my life today and that's a principle of adult learning theory and um, and it's an important one and you know interestingly it goes back to the decade plus i spent in advertising where you know you wanted to make the uh, communication as relevant as possible for the people. You wanted them to easily see why they should l listen to your ad or, or watch it. And that's really what was important. And also to your point about not drinking from the fire hose, one of the principles was focus on one key message. You know, don't tell them yeah. everything about the product. Focus on the key thing or things that are really going to make a difference despite the temptation to say this and that and that and that and that. Um, same exactly. thing with compliance training. I was going to say just one last thing, Adam, because you were talking about uh, marketing. Uh, Kirsten also has slides that show ads, uh, you know, from from corporate America. And she talks just about what you just said about uh, the messaging. And that's an important, important part of this, too. So I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, me too. It's uh, it, it's good to see that there's so much overlap there. Well, CJ, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us and doing the Creating Effective Compliance Training Workshops. Uh, check them out, folks, if you haven't already. Uh, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.